Hello friends, welcome to our third week of our four-week online practice group called Four Arenas. This week we'll be focused on the arena of self-befriending. Perhaps the most important relationship that exists is the one that we have with our self. We can get divorced from our partner, walk away from friendships, or sever ties with our family. But despite our best efforts to distance, distract, or drown our attention, we rise and set with our self in tow. We are with ourself everywhere we go. It's an unfortunate myth, I think, that to be mindful of how one cares for and treats themselves is somehow a negatively selfish act. The practice of self-befriending is not synonymous with self-aggrandizing nor does it have anything to do with over-inflating one's ego. Self-befriending is about developing a good working relationship with ourself, being on our own side, speaking with care and kindness to ourself, respecting ourself enough to have healthy boundaries, making time to do things that we enjoy doing that bring us a felt sense of enlivenment, honoring our wellness factor by not regularly overcrowding our schedule and allowing needed space for rest and downtime. When we invest in befriending ourselves, we develop the ability of being comfortable and at ease in our own skin. And we also learn how to enjoy our own company in short, we apply the same criteria to ourself as we would to a close friendship that we have with someone else. And this may be a helpful way to look at it, especially if we are feeling very resistant to the idea of self-befriending as a practice. If it sounds too hippy-dippy for us or too touchy-feely, this may be a sign that points to something deeper worth exploring within us. Because outer progress, however we define it, comes through inner work. Inner conflict leads to outer outer disturbances. And one of the ways we do that inner work is through the practice of self-befriending. Just as we would turn to a close friend for support in times of hardship, the practice of self-befriending assists us when we're overwhelmed stressed out, or struggling. The relationship we have with ourself determines to a large degree the quality of our well-being. A weak or undernourished relationship with ourself leads to chronic states of dis-ease. It's akin to having a weakened immune system. When we don't invest in self-befriending, we're likely to have a much harder time aging more difficulty when confronting sickness or injury, 
a higher level of distress when unexpected things happen that we don't like. And also more time spent ruminating about the past and worrying about the future. When we are committed to being on our own side, not only does it greatly improve our mental and emotional landscape, but it also increases the stability of our capacity to show up for others and engage with love and understanding. The strength of our ability to care well for others is closely linked to the strength of our ability to care well for ourselves. And now this isn't to say we have to choose one over the other, but it does mean that if we don't know how to be there for ourselves, we will only be able to go so far in terms of being there for others. The degree to which we are in good working relationship with ourself directly reflects on how we show up in the world and how we experience the world and also how the world experiences us. When we learn how to be on our own side, it changes the way we see things, the way we see other people, and the ways in which we experience situations and interactions. So there's a law of attraction element in this arena. The more we respect and care for ourselves, the more we respect and care for others. The less we are critical of ourselves, the less we criticize others. So there's a direct correlation between the relationship that we have with ourselves and the relationship we have with others. What we see in ourselves is mirrored in what we see in others. Self-befriending also increases our capacity to hold whatever happens as being part of our experiences versus ostracize it as being something sort of separate from the flow of life. The less we disown parts of ourself and parts of life, the more able we are to meet the moment where it's at versus wanting it to be other than as it is which is a very common form of suffering, right? Wanting the moment to be some other moment. When we continue to invest practice energy in this arena, it, it allows us to develop healthy self-esteem and self-worth. And it keeps these aspects of our character strong. Self-befriending allows us to have faith in our own capacity and trust in our own abilities. It's what encourages and supports us in creating and maintaining healthy boundaries, which are crucial for self-growth and development, establishing good relationships, and managing well our limited and precious time and energy. Every relationship we want to keep active, healthy, and strong requires an ongoing investment of time, care, effort, and presence. Relationships do not create and maintain themselves. If we stop engaging with a close friend, that friendship will likely weaken, fade, and wither away. Relationships are living organisms. They're not static entities. So the relationship we have with ourself is no different. Every moment is a fresh opportunity to treat ourselves with respect and kindness and care. To be 
on our own side for the benefit of ourselves and others. So I'd like to share a poem to close. Um, this is a popular poem by Naomi Shihab Nye, and it's called Kindness. Before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things. Feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. What you held in your hand, that you counted and carefully saved, all this must go so you know how desolate the landscape can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride thinking the bus will never stop. The passengers eating maize and chicken will stare out the window forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where the Indian in a white poncho lies dead by the side of the road. You must see how this could be you, how he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows, and you see the size of the cloth. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. Only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to gaze at bread. Only kindness that raises its head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for, and then goes with you everywhere, like a shadow or a friend.